And now, Touch My Bass Productions presents The Shootout with Bill Lynch. And now, part two of our sit-down interview with Brandon Park. I've been holding on for like two minutes. Bill Jesus Christ. Jesus. 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 I know going back to what we were talking about earlier, the, uh, the situation, it's happened in AWF. I know especially when you throw the Albuquerque kid, man. TJ would tell me all the time, he would bring me in the ring to go home with somebody. And it felt like they didn't get the proper attitude, proper respect. If they didn't want to listen to nobody or blah, blah, blah. You know, they're sitting in there for a shoot on them. That's happened like two or three different times. But, you know, y'all was trying to pull up. Y'all ever had, that, ever had that problem where, like, made my kid and says, hey, you know, get home tonight and get home with a person. That ever happen or Yeah, I mean I've I've done that a few times. Uh I've uh I've been known to I guess you could say humble some people. But uh it always be like just random stuff. Like I was asked to humble CJ one time because CJ was getting all cocky and whiny and or something and talked about that one time, didn't he, Chris? I, yeah. I do remember that CJ was saying something that happened to him. You know, because uh, CT, I will tell a story that uh, I think it was the year 2006 when he was a Georgia boy. He was on a long losing streak, and he always would complain about it, saying that, you know, why isn't he winning any matches? And he kept, you know, kept losing and losing. They say, one time he got in the ring with you, and you're more stiff with him than normal. Um, oh, that's he always took your ass. It was a humbling experience. He did say that. Now he didn't. He did. Now keep in mind, man. He wasn't saying anything negative towards you, but he always for the time you was. That ahead. was the time I was talking about. Like there, CJ. I mean, he would just he would like complain about losing all the time. Complain about losing, so they just kept making him lose, making him lose, and then they're like, "Hey, you know, uh, you want to tighten up a little bit? You know, it'll be all right." And I was like. Okay, I get the hint. So I mean, it's just just how it was. I mean, and and at the time, the character that I was doing was headed that way. So I mean, I was headed to a more angrier style. So and on top of that, they asked me to you know smack around a little bit extra. So whenever you would smack somebody around, did anybody ever, you know? Throw a few receipts back at you, or yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always there's always somebody that's willing to receipt, you know, give you a receipt. But it's you know, if you're at that point to where it's receipt to receipt to receipt, you've got to figure out who's going to stop first. Because sooner or later, somebody's going to somebody's going to give first. They're going to you're going to find the their mat their pain threshold max, and you're going to find out you know where they decide they don't want to get hit hard anymore. And they'll lighten back up. I know there have been times when I was in the ring with some people, and I was, you know, they would hit me. It's okay, first one free. Uh, now, so they do it again, they're saying, I'm going to go ahead and take care of business. Well, I used to, I used to uh, do that. Uh, like, uh, uh, two months ago. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and take care of business. Well, no, so when broke in the key, and they're trying to figure out what to do. That's what the whole thing was. That's what the whole thing was. Oh, whoa, do we have any? 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, Chris can tell you, we've had some challenges in there, I think. Um, I, I mean, I used to live by that motto, the first one's free, the second one, I'm telling you, like nothing, the third one, I'm going to deck you. But yeah. the more you get out, the more you travel, like you learn that some people hit a little harder than everybody else. Some people don't. Uh, sometimes it, there's more than one accident that happens in the ring that causes you to get hit harder. Or hit, you know, by if you if I turn my head the wrong time and I'm gonna get popped in the face, I'm gonna, you know, I can't take that out on anybody. That's my fault. You know, I mean, it's the older you get, the more you travel, the more you learn. I mean, the more you're able to tell the difference between accidents and and on purpose. Now, who would be your initial response when you realize, okay, this wasn't an accident. This guy's intentionally trying to hurt. You know, what would be your advice to the viewers out there how to handle it? Um. Always make sure you can get a positive that you can beat up the other guy. Uh, oh, WB. Yeah, like, you make sure you're always able to beat up the other person or at least take it to a point where he doesn't want to play anymore because, I mean, I'm not getting hurt for nobody. And I've been proceeded, and, I mean, my natural instinct is to hit back and hit harder. Yeah, no problem, guys. Okay. Um, well, you know, if I can ask you this about going back to uh, beginning his working with the Georgia boys at the time. So I think in 2005, he was y'all champion for like four months. You know, he was having some views with, with, uh, with, with stakes and everything. And I was kind of surprised, but after that, he would go on a losing streak. You know, what was, was it really his overall attitude? Is that why he stayed on the losing streak then? Or, or because we always got Christopher Curtis from wrong here. We always got souls from, from him that he was getting his cheers. People were buying his merchandise. That made Eric mad. And all of a sudden, you know, we're going to break him. And he started, that's when the losing streak started. You know, something happened at the souvenir stand with some fans, and someone got a six souvenir. He didn't like it. He wanted to trade for a Georgia boy souvenir, something like that. Supposedly, Eric got mad about it. That's what the rumor was. You clarify me that? We might have. They might have had some. I don't know if it was a t-shirt or it was something. It was some type of souvenir. I don't know specifically what it was. No, it, I don't, if I remember correctly, it was all based on his attitude. <clears throat> That's cool. Uh, I do remember. I do remember uh, Eric making masks one time, and he made like three Draven masks, three uh, six masks, and he uh, and all all mine sold out first. And the kid came up and asked uh, for one of my masks, and they said, "We're all out. All we have is a six mask." And the kid's like, "I guess I'll take that one." <laughs> that always made me laugh. <laughs> I can see how that would, man. Um, I don't know why I'm gonna bring this up, man. It's just, it's just freaking popping in my head. Two shows ago, I did a, I did a uh, steroids episode with someone. We were, we were doing steroids in a, uh, in wrestling, 
Hey, how you doing? How about What's up, my steroids and wrestling? This guy here made a comment that the ones that wrestled in Flatline or AWF or UCW or APW or any local promotion, you know, if you want them to choose, you can catch your WWE term goodbye. You know, he was a firm believer. That was the only way you were ever going to get hired when you could put on some size. Now, did it ever cross your mind? And said, hey, I need to beef up. I got to get some size on me. I got to start working out more. I got to get bigger. I got to get bigger. If I'm going to get anybody to take a look at me, you know, to be a part of either TNA, Ring of Honor, or the WWE, I got to put the mask on me. Them thoughts ever cross your mind about still using performance enhancements? Yes. It did? Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Hell, 2009, I was huge. I was drunk at the every day while, while I was working at I was taking stuff. It wasn't fair with but um, but um, <clears throat> I was going somewhere with this. Uh, so, we were talking about rumor, rumor in about um, this one particular wrestler. And I swear, man, I uh, in 2005. I don't know if you remember or not. I know we were kind of fooling around in a ring, you know. But everybody wanted to see me and Eric grapple a little bit. Eric put the mask a lot cold on me. I'm smiling the entire time, and I end up breaking his grip, putting an arm bar, and you know. Eric ended up submitting to it. Like, when I saw Eric like a year later, he was like three times the size that he was. And someone told me, I don't want to mention his name, but said that, oh, yeah, man, he's going to freaking choose. He's taking like some kind of um, hormone horse pill, whatever the hell it was. And like, he's three times the size. But, you know, you guys really, you know, own the juice back in the, in the flatline days or, you know, because. You know, everybody sees the movie The Wrestler. Everybody knows what's going on you know, behind the stage when there's, you got people there throwing these painkillers or some type of steroid or some type of stuff. Now, you've been on the road a lot. You've been a lot of indie scenes and everything. Have you ever witnessed anything like that as you saw what happened to that guy in the movie The Wrestler? Uh, no, I don't think I've ever, you know, I mean, I've seen the lead and uh, on the indie shows and stuff like that. Uh, I uh, I haven't seen anything to like, or you know, any kind of steroid use. Like I've seen, you know, human growth people taking human growth hormones to help, you know, but it's not that's not technically I think classified as a steroid at the time. You know, I mean, I've seen stuff like that, but I mean, I don't think I've ever seen uh, anybody taking. You know, horse steroids. Now, I have heard of somebody. It's a it's a fat boner for horses called clenbuterol. Yes. So now I've seen I've known people who I've known people who take that and it burns like it works. It's USDA approved and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's it's strictly for horses. So. Okay, okay. And walk out here, talk a little bit louder. Um, I got to give him a kind of five things at once. Well, I'm not trying to, you know, dog out CJ, you know, I consider him a yeah, I consider him a friend. I've always thought he was a good wrecker. Hell, at one time I even said he was one of the best technical wrestlers that ever came out of AWF. 
but you know, uh, do my research. I just saw you guys had some really, really good matches. You guys even came close to an hour one time. I mean, uh, you know, Steve always says the crowd really got into you guys wrestling each other. Any special memories in that time period at Patriots Park when you wrestled JC the Georgia boy? Mm, no, not really. I, the only time I really remember was the time that I was uh, asked uh, to be on him a little bit. Yes. I'll, I'll let you right here. Okay. Supposed to go to, to Mercy Road Veterans with us after 10.30 at night. Oh, no, sorry. I'm never You're fine. You're fine. Come on, Eric. Let's make a right to follow the elevator. Sorry about that, Brandon. Um, like you're saying, you don't remember wrestling him back in 06 at Patriots Park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure we wrestled more than, but the only time I honestly can remember, like, things that happened in the match was the, the one where uh, I was asked to be a little extra snug with him. Cool, cool, cool. But I mean, I'm sure we wrestled more than once. I'm sure we wrestled different places, you know. You know, multiple times, but I don't remember anything other than like that day, that match. You know, certain certain things stood out storyline wise that I were you know I can refer back to, but other than that, that's about all I remember. Well, dude, let's see if you remember this guy. I mean, when Christopher showed me this one, I remember being at thousand. He was showing someone to upload online, showing the footage, and I met this guy at WFJ show, and you know. I thought that was pretty put together, but, you know, the way I saw this interest, it reminded me of Zeus coming in the WWE, uh, in a No Holds Bar movie, actually. You guys had a battle royal, and I think you, it was, um, you're like the last guy in the ring of battle royal. Everyone thought you had won or something like that. Also, this guy's music played. He comes in the ring. This dude was jacked up. Huge muscle and everything. I think it was called the Trailer Park Trash Superstar. You remember yeah, that? You know yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about? Well, yeah, I know he only has a few shows with you guys, but uh, what's your memories about him? Y'all, y'all, y'all working back then? Because Chris said y'all paid him some. Chris said uh, y'all paid this guy six hundred dollars. He did three shows. He was champion. He left and never looked back. But I don't. I mean, what, what, what's the real story about that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the whole money deal. Uh, I do recall like he uh, he came in and. Uh, he's a nice, he was a, a nice guy from my from what I from meeting him. You know, he was pretty cool to be around. Brought him in to do a couple of shows, and I think they did make him champion, and then he just didn't come back. You know, it was just you think he didn't like the product, or he really like what he saw, or they think like I don't know. They said he gets uh, he gets some, some talking to some people. I want to say if I remember right, he uh, he'll get in his moods where like he wants to wrestle all the time, and then. They just stop. Like, I don't want to do it no more kind of thing. Wow, wow. What about that, huh? Okay. Now, when you guys are starting to um, phase out Patriots Park and you start looking elsewhere, what, what was the first promotion that you wanted to work at after you did all you could do with the flatline, you know? Um, well, before I go further, man, I'm going to jump ahead here. Any special matches at flatline? Is, uh, not, 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 not FPW, I'm wrong, just – you know, FCW time. Any special memories you want to talk about? Any favorite matches? What's the, what's your legacy that you remember that as far as through that time period from 2003 to 2007 at FCW when y'all wrestling at Pictures Park in the main backyard? 
uh, helping uh, some of the memories I have is helping like my best friend Chris Wiggins uh, make a school documentary about uh, wrestling and using that. He had to do something for school with it. So me and him did a special match where we wrestled. And, you know, it was uh, showed all through his school, which is pretty cool. And one of the most, one of the Patriot Park things that I really, really remember was uh, the dog collar match between me and Darkness right towards the end. And uh, that was a pretty, pretty fun show, pretty fun, pretty fun night. Like we did some, we did some. You know, I just have to remember that, man. I'm glad you brought, you mentioned uh, Darkness up. You know, I, I, Chase is a great guy, man. Very, very bendable, flexible. Um, I was actually, you know, like I said, you know, me just being a fan of the business, I was really, really wish I could have been a part of y'all's organization because I would love a part of the storyline. Y'all did the whole um, invasion thing with Sloan because I know you guys kind of wiped out SWF. I know you already paid attention to what we were doing at the time, but, you know, I really appreciate the fact that you guys were trying to work out with that promotion in South Carolina. How did that come about? Did you guys approach them or did they approach y'all? Because I mean, I did do a little working relationship. I had a couple of joint shows. I actually went to their place. I saw it online. I thought it was hilarious. I thought, you know, the whole, the whole concept I thought was pretty cool. Pretty cool. I was actually about it was, working with Chrome. It came about through uh, WFJ. Like, we met uh, Kevin, you know, Kevin Chase, all those, a couple of those guys, Madeira, Jesse Walter. We met all them through uh, Tim Blackman and then, uh, and it's kind of spawned from there. Like, yeah, we got a little promotion that we're doing in our backyard. And it just kind of, I mean, it was a snowball. Like, shoot, that's plenty far away. And then we like, hey, we'll come work for your shows if you come work for ours. And I'm sure that that's how it, you know, everything was kind of worked out. Was there ever any animosity at all? Or was it all at mutual respect? You know, was there any kind of like, any situation where you felt like, hey, you know, you know, Either they're being too rough with y'all, they're being too rough with them, or they, any type of animosity you might expect from other promotions. Like, where, you know, at times, you know, egos are going to click, pride's going to kick in a little bit here. But but it, it did seem like a top of the first, you know, you guys got along pretty good, though. Yeah, no, everybody, like, everybody got along great. Uh, there was, I don't think there was any egos. If it was, it was, it was between people who, I guess you would say, went on the radar of the people that mattered. Yes. You know what I mean? So, like, there was never any issues. Like, everybody got along for the most part. I mean, Chase and Madeira ended up becoming some of my better friends for the longest, the longest time. Um, I'm not trying to bring too much dirt up here, man, but, you know, I just remember, uh, did you have animosity with Daniel Peterson? I don't think so. Okay, well, I'm just going. I was going to ask you if you, what's your thoughts on you know. After that time period, you know, I'm working for Richmond County Sheriff Department, work for TPS gas stations. Dude, one night I'm in work at the gas station there, day, you know, and the guy came in my store. He basically cussed me out and everything. I called Chris up. Chris and said, "Oh, dude, you don't know the half of it." Long story. He wasn't cussing at me. He just fucking blew up. I mentioned three. I mentioned. 
I, I said, so, so, hey, man, you still working for, uh, you still working for Flatline? He freaking slammed his head now. He said, fuck Flatline, fuck all the motherfuckers. They could all fucking go to hell. Fuck all. He, he, he walked out of the store, got his truck and spin off. I'm like, holy crap, what's up, you know? I called Chris and said, what the hell's up with Peters? I told him what he said, and Chris basically said, when you guys met TWF and WFJ, all the guys, all the guys came in, and all the SCW originals, you know, were just like let go, release. You know, Daniel May will make the phone call and said, saving words, your services are no longer needed. You know, because you guys had other talent. Because I think at the time, you were one of the few originals that were, you know, saved, I guess. But everybody else, I was considered original flatline, got, got the boot. Because the guys like the Carolina Coalition, Darkness, JC Walker were all coming in. And, then, you know, I remember the rest of the time period, I met Timothy Black when I met JC Walker. Walker was really good at working in the ring. I'm like, it's my so I got in the ring with JC Walker a lot. He taught me a lot in her thing. I held me. I had a lot, a lot of fun wrestling with him. And I asked him that question. And he says, Well, what would you expect? The original suck. You know, and he mentioned your name at the time. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I know Brandon. And he was just like, you're one of the few he said could actually get in the ring and hang with any of them. But the rest of them, they sucked. And that's why they got the boot. I'm kind of curious, man. What was your thought process, to, you know, about all that, you know, or, you know, any comments I, at all? I remember that. Uh, yeah, and it, I mean, that, for the most part, that happened. It's kind of like, you know, you're, you have a franchise football team that gets you to the championship. And then the next year, you know, Next couple of years, you're not you know you're not progressing anymore. You start losing more games, so you start replacing players. I mean that's how I. I mean it's just like anybody, anything else. Like if you're not willing to change or step up or do whatever, uh, then I guess you know you step up or you know step out kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I, I stuck. Around, I got to stick around because I was a good hand. I can make anybody look good, and you know I did good. I was good at doing it. That's probably the only reason why I got why I got to stay because obviously I didn't I wasn't one to go out and make friends. Like I didn't care. So I had an ego and I was held, you know, myself to a different standard than everybody else and people knew it. So like I didn't always go out to make try to make anybody be my friend. Um, okay, that's cool, that's cool. Now, another rumor in Andy Window question. This has to do with two money. You know, you know, before I go into records, you know, um, you know, at, during a very difficult time period in my life in 2007, you know, two money did be friend of me. He with me. He prayed with me. Yeah, you know, I went in his backyard twice a week, bumping and wrestling and trying to just trying to get my foot back in the door. You know, trying to get trying to get this time period. I'm, I'm off active duty completely. I'm just doing National Guard at the time. You know, so I'm actually trying to. And started going with wrestling. We started doing WFJ, and I was having fun doing it. But we always heard the stories that you guys had a joint show at the time with WFJ. I think Throne was involved in it as well. Supposedly, Cheap Money beats up a referee and asks when everybody from Flatline and other promotions kind of like kick Cheap Money to the curb. Now, Chris always was told by Jiggle and Johnny Blaze, the curb from wrong here, Chris, got told, you know, the reason why he, he sets all AWF in, because Flatline and Throne kicked him to the curb, because supposedly he beat up a referee. T-Money always told us that a referee kept putting his hands on while he was in the ring doing something. And I was like, what are you doing? And he threw some shots at him. You know, he did not beat the holy hell out of the referee. You know, I've heard other people say something different, including the, the professor, David Yell. I had him on the show, and he had nothing but bad things to say about Timothy Blackman. Now, me, I never had a bad dealings with him. You know, I still talk to him to this day, you know. 
But you know, I'm kind of curious, man. Which what, what was your thoughts of working with a Timothy Blackman and you Shea? Any kind of light on, on what I just told you? Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he took. I want to say that he did. Start, I don't remember why. I don't know the reason why he did what he did, but I do remember him doing it. Uh, if he says because the ref put hands on him, then I guess he did. Uh, but then again, I don't know. You know what the monster was, but I do remember that he had like sixty or seventy pounds on the ref, and he also I think the the ref was like a teenager, like a young kid. Yeah. yeah. A grown man beat the mess out of, and I was like, you know, that's just, you know, I kind of was like, well, please, like, try that with me because the outcome would be different at that point in time in my life. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But that's all I really remember about that stuff. Like I said, it's been, it's been a while. Yeah, I know it's been, you know, close to 10, 11 years since all that happened, everything, you know. Um, but did you ever get a chance to work with Kid Money? Did you like wrestling with him? I don't think I ever wrestled him. Uh, I wrestled on the same shows as him. I don't think I ever, you know, worked him for sex. You ever trained train with him, no? What about uh, his partner at the time, you know, Gary Rucker? He's he called the unbreakable Matt Cruz. I know there was a rivalry between him and Jeremy Cruz online, supposedly. You know, but he thought yeah, that yeah, Gary... Yeah, I worked, I worked with uh, Matt Cruz, yeah. Me and him, uh, we, we worked a couple different times. We had, you know, we had good matches. I mean, I enjoyed working with him. I didn't know... No issues. Me and uh, I did his benefit show after he broke his neck. Yes, I was there. Yes, I uh, you know, we were talking about earlier about you know, guys might be stiff to get up and everything when whether not you were throwing him over shit or not. You know, I actually had with uh, I actually had with me and Gary one time. We were in the ring going at it, and I don't know what I, I don't know about what how I pissed him off. I'm not exactly sure. He started punching me as hard as he could. In my neck, and I think I was on the ground. I was trying to get up, and he just started pounding me on my freaking neck. I mean, these ain't no freaking pull punches. He was punching me full of flex for real. And dude, I just reacted. You know, being being a shooter, being a marine, I just freaking reacted. I, I double legged picked him up, and I gave him one hell of a freaking slam. I started pounding like crazy, and guys getting ring breaking it up. You know, I don't know what the hell freaking happened, but somehow. I don't know them. They had terminal pads in the repo because I don't remember doing it, but, you know, Chris was actually filming it. So I actually smiled. Okay, I guess, I guess I did do it. Where I picked him up before I slammed him, I charged him into the corner. Boom. Then I picked him up and slammed him. And I started, you know, you know, fighting him back and everything. And he got uh, what the hell was freaking two big holes and big old giant bruise on his back. You know, I kind of felt bad about that. But I asked him later, I said, why the hell are you freaking punch me like that? You know, and, you know, he was just like, well, I got mad because you still have late for practice. And I said, I called you ahead of time. I said, I took it off work. I had to pick up bills and I'll be there. You know? And he was like, well, you're late for practice. So I had to give you a receipt. All the guys respected me to do it. You know? I said, oh, all right. Well, it was what it is. I never thought nothing of it afterwards. Like I said, I've been in the ring with Gary multiple times after that in training sessions. And, of course, with IWE, you know, he actually had his neck injury. You know, he got in the ring with me. gave me some pretty cool moves. And, you know, Hell, I love working out with a guy. He he brought something out of me. I've always felt like that. Him and uh, J.C. Walker. What about Walker, though? Did you ever get a chance to wrestle him? Because, yeah, I did him a couple times at Allendale. You know, like I said, it was fun. But uh, what's your memory of wrestling with J.C. Walker? I I remember wrestling Walker. I mean, I've wrestled him a bunch. Like, he's wrestled uh, at FCW, Flatline, APW. You know, 
alone. Like there's a couple times off, you know, I've worked Walker. Uh, I mean, he's a cool cat. I mean, that's about. I mean, it wasn't nothing. I could honestly, you know, there's nothing I disliked about him. So yeah, I've always enjoyed him too. I've always enjoyed him too, man. Um, well, yeah. there's this one time he uh he about dropped me on my dang neck trying to give me a muscle buster. Uh huh. And that's I remember that, and then I think I closed on his face, but. I could be mistaken. I'm pretty sure I did something because it hurt. Well, speaking of things that hurt, man, a lot of guys, you know, have received a lot of injuries, you know, in this in this in this sport, professional wrestling. You know, any kind of injuries? Did you I mean? I mean, you sound pretty healthy. I've always heard you kept up pretty good shape and everything. But uh, if you ever had any kind of serious injury that got you a sideline or had to have surgery or yeah, take six months off to get your fight to reheal. Besides the splinter going up your backside from work. Oh, God. I only missed one show because of that. And uh, uh, you can suck one there, uh, Chris. Um, no, uh, I want to. I've, I've had a couple. You know, the, most, the worst I could probably ever say is either. And I, I didn't even take time off. I just wrapped my knee up tighter. I hyperextended my knee. Like it bent uh-huh. in a U the opposite way of where where your knee's supposed to bend. And I mean that's the worst thing. I mean I've had stitches from splitting my lip, of you know losing my collarbone and my butt bone. Uh, I mean broke my toe. And I mean I, I continue to wrestle. I never uh I did I did. I was out for like three months, three or four months. I tore I was at work and I tore every ligament or every tendon in my ankle and I couldn't walk for like three or four months. So that's the only time that I ever was, you know, had to take time off, but it wasn't wrestling related. So. Okay. 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 Um, what is the exact amount of, to me, Chris tried research, it cursed a lot of freaking number, but he wasn't hundred percent sure or not though. How many championships have you actually won in, uh, Professional wrestling. You keep the record of that, though, or or the titles mean anything to you? I know you said earlier that you were going to be the best, you were going to be the champion, but how many times did you climb that mountaintop in in any promotion? Oh man, I'd have to actually like sit down and, and try to <laughs> try to count. Like Chris was said uh, thirty two, but I don't know if he was. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he like a good round number. Thirty two championships. Because, yeah, I think maybe I would know Chris right now. He keeps up with his stuff. Well, I mean, I've had, I don't remember APW, or I don't remember AWF. I don't remember EWA. I know there's definitely, I think, I, I probably had every title in every company at least two or three times. So, I mean, you could probably, if you can remember title names and stuff like that, then you can remember, or you could probably come up with a rough estimate. Like, I don't have an actual, an actual count. Well, they say every great champion remembers a time where they won that particular championship, and that solidified them as being the absolute best. Like, say, for instance, when Ric Flair beat Holly Race in Starcade '83 on Thanksgiving night, he always says his second title run. That was the that was where you know he made he made he let the whole world know exactly who he was in this business. You have a specific match where it was either make or break your career 
And when you won, you won the championship. That told everybody else that you're the real deal. You're the real good. You're the true um, gym, if they would. Diamond, if you would, in professional wrestling, at least in this area and everything. Yeah, I have a particular match of mine that, you know, even Brad even said, it was the British Bulldogs summer Sunday night. See, oh, he lost that match. But that was a match that put him on the map. You know, but do you have a particular match of mine, bro? Uh, yeah. Uh, me and Anthony Henry for the Flatline Championship. The very first one. Why am I not? That, that was it. That match. That's Flatline Pro. Was, yeah, the Flatline Pro Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> you not match or yeah, I won that one. Uh, this is the first flatline champion. champion. I was the first one. That's right. You're the first FPW champion. Yeah. Uh, and is that your most memorable run? A champion? Uh, between actually, it was the chase. It was one of my favorite times in wrestling. I mean, that match me and Anthony wrestled. I want to say 35 minutes, bell to bell. And at that time, I was traveling to PWX. I was starting to travel to PWX in Florida and Atlanta, and like me and Anthony would be the match that went around the the bend. Like everywhere we went, we're gonna let y'all two wrestle. We're gonna let y'all two wrestle. Let y'all two wrestle. So you know, and it was it was we just clicked uh, between being the flatline champion and my run as babyface champion in. APW when I chased for the title when I was wrestling Antron Brewer. Those two those two mean those two are ones I remember the most. Those are my two favorite times. That and the Rapture Angle and Flatline Pro. Um not trying to piss this person off of bringing this up though, but like a lot of times me and Chris and are going for a walk and we're trying to strategize and trying to either get read AWF back in the door, but somehow we always end up talking about other guys with Russell. Do you know Anthony Henry was not your favorite opponent in Chris's eyes? And me and Jay were trying to get Chris to come down. He, he'll be having a freaking nervous breakdown saying, if I see Brandon Parker and Anthony Henry most of all my freaking time, I'm going to shoot my goddamn stuff. And he was just like, Chris, calm down. Ain't that freaking serious? You know, I says. The rest of the town that come in. God damn it. Okay, never mind. That's in my But I never could understand that. I want Chris to actually explain to you what was it that freaking made him sit to his stomach. Brandon Parker, Russell Anthony Henry. You know, I, I thought it was a pretty cool rivalry. I thought Christopher, I said, just like Flair and Steamo, Flair and Rose, man, they got to work. David Turner's for their craft. He is like, shut the fuck up, Bill. We have the internet. We have YouTube. You see it once, you see it a thousand times. We don't need to see it again. That was my argument. I mean, I don't, I don't feel that way now, you know, after sitting and actually working at Flatline and watching them actually wrestle each other. Um, but back then it was like everything was oversaturated. We had it in the early days of wrestling, you didn't have nothing but word of mouth and, you know, they would travel from town to town. People would see him there. Nowadays it's like, Oh, Anthony Henry, Brandon Parker. Well, let me look at this. Oh, I've seen that. And then they go to the town and wrestle. It's like, well, I just watched that on YouTube. 
they would literally have to try to outdo themselves over and over and over again because people could easily pull it up and see a match between the two of them in any given promotion in any given town. That was that was the thing. It was like, you know, I understand that the, the chemistry was great and everything, but at the same time, it gets harder and harder for guys to go to town to town and come up with some new shit just to make the match more entertaining than the last one they had. That was my big thing. It's like these these promotions, even though they were saying, you know, we're putting you guys to wrestle, you guys, they're basically piggybacking off of something they've already seen, and they're thinking, okay, I can make bank off of something that's already happened because these guys can work. And that's lazy promoting, in my personal opinion, because you would you would look at the talent and be like, well, who could I put these guys with where they could shine even more in my promotion and make either if they're just there for one time, make my guys shine. Or maybe I can make these guys shine with some of the guys that I got, you know, kind of give a rub off on both and make something different and make something better that, you know, people have not seen yet. I, I guess that's just my inner promoter coming out and, you know, thinking that I would want to do something more than just the same old, same old, because in order for them to get booked, they'd have to see their work. And in order for them to see their work, they're going to see they worked each other before. And like I said, I just feel it was lazy promoting saying, all right, you guys work each other. That was my personal thing. But I digress. Like I said, I don't feel that way nowadays. But, you know, back then, it that's how I felt. It was, it was a couple of years ago, and he was saying that, you know, he was, you know, it wasn't as big as saying, you know, he loved you, but he didn't like seeing you guys forget Russell repeatedly over and over. I, I don't know. Um, and they, they, uh, I, I seriously tell you guys the admission here. Hell, working here at the hospital, there's a guy in the fifth floor for you know knows you and uh, no, I can't remember his name, but he knows you and Anthony Henry a lot. Big fan. He went to school with Anthony Henry. But um, man, dude, I don't know if you knew this or not. I, I don't even know if you mentioned this now, man. But I never actually had a set down a conversation with Anthony. Never met him face to face. But somehow online, me and him crossed paths, and then he got freaking heated. And I've said some things to him. And, Hell, I was—I don't know why. Hell, your name brought up and everything. I was talking about you, and then I, it got to the point where I told Anthony Henry, I said, "Where the f you are? I'm gonna come here and whoop your motherfucking ass." I was so pissed off at the time period, which is during a time period where Jay and the guy named Don Brown and Oz Knight and Chris Dean approached me and said, "Nobody doesn't want to wrestle you no more because you got PTSD, and 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 I tend to block out my matches. I've been hurting people, but you know, nobody will come forward and say who I've hurt, you know." I'm all, I was at the point where I was just looking for a freaking fight, you know, and, and I'm doing MMA at the time, you know. Yeah, that clue Anthony Henry was. This is the first time I heard the guy. I don't know. He posted on he, – I, I made a comment. He, he responded to it. That, you know, me and him are just lashing at each other. And your name got brought up there, too. I didn't say anything negative about you. I always say something about, you know, my personal opinion. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even know you guys were, you know, when rival at the time. I didn't know who the hell the guy was until I called Christopher eight seven by Anthony Henry. You know, but that girl, what's her name, Chris Ellison? The fuck Ellison trying to say that uh, Anthony Henry was the best damn guy around. I said, damn, fuck that motherfucker. Brandon Parker's the best bitch in this damn wrestling world. He freaking put uh, Georgia in the map again. Guys like freaking Hill, and all y'all can freaking kiss his ass. You know, I had no idea you guys were friends. I had no idea you guys were, you know, I'm in there talking to this guy. You know, me kind of me, Hill apologized for a few days later. You know, I told him I was just blown off freaking steam, you know. Yeah, that's when I first actually heard the name Anthony Henry, you know, and, 
you know, and I saw like, Chris and Sean have matches online. Dude's actually pretty good. Um, you know, oh, he's uh, he's terrific, man. He's leaps and bounds better than he used to be. He's done nothing but grow since you know since the last time I you know I've seen him. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I remember him telling me about it. I want to say that he called me and I watched it happen on Facebook or whatever. And me and him yeah, were probably just, we were sitting side by side laughing while he did it with you and how you were yeah. talking. Like we giggled the whole time. But me and Anthony I were, for sure like, was. Like I said, I was not in a, I was not in a good place. I was in a real dark place. I was going through the force. It was during Christmas. I went to see my kids. I was just, like I said, nobody didn't want to get in the ring at the time because I was apparently had a blacked out piece of crap out one guy in the ring. You know, it was happening more and more. I didn't know I had PTSD at the time from the, from the uh, Afghanistan and Iraq war. I was talking for a lot of time from it. I'd be in a freaking ring. I'd get hit the wrong way, and I would freaking snap. You know, it really ruined my reputation in the business, I thought. You know, I, had, I hadn't really been able to bounce back since. You know, but here this guy was. I, I was ready to fight this guy. I didn't care who he was. And Chris tried to you don't want to mess with anything. Man, screw him. You know what I do for a living? You know, I beat up convicts for a living. I kill and stuff. You know, I was just, you know. I blew up. I, I shut my mouth off. That's what it was. I tried to calm myself down and re-read it. I realized how silly it was. I went to a jackass and laid it myself. I like. I did mention him a couple of days later. Apologized for what was going on. He said it was cool, and then, you know, left that day. You know, I didn't really say anything to him soon. Yeah, no. I mean, me and Anthony were riding buddies. Like we went everywhere together, and like we we did. I mean, he told me that the whole time. He wasn't mad not one single bit. He just kind of laughed it off. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, but no, Anthony's Anthony's good. He's always been good, and I mean, I kind of I guess you see you always if somebody's better than you because Anthony is better than me, you know, and I would me and Anthony are two different styles now, but you know I don't. I mean, he's obviously doing it on a much larger scale than I am. I mean, he's traveling all over. He's I mean, he's doing it big, and I mean I'm. I'm happy for him. Obviously, I mean he's a he's a old friend. Uh, don't talk much anymore, but I mean, I moved you know two almost two hours away, and I mean he's got seem to be or no they are married. He's got a wife, daughter, and family and wrestling going on. You know, it's, but just like you know him and Chris, I could probably run into them tomorrow, and it'd be like we haven't not seen each other in two years. Like it would just be you pick up the conversation wherever you're at. It just, it just says some kind of friendship we uh, we have and had. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff, man. And, you know, um, I'm happy for him. Like I said, um, I've gotten better in my life, man. Like I said, I don't know, Chris told you, I got, I got, I got remarried in 2015, and you know, I, I finally won the court case where I'm able to get better visitation with my kids and everything. So things are starting to turn around. I'm hoping 2018. Uh, I could be able to come out of retirement and get back into wrestling. I had, I've not had a match in three years, you know, and I, I'm hoping to, uh, you know, get back into it, though. But, um, you know, speak, I know you mentioned Anthony. I know you mentioned, uh, you know, Antoine, the fireman. You know, you know, I saw Anthony skid on the SmackDown. I thought that was pretty cool. I know Antoine's not being a wrestling on NXT. But um, Christopher told me you had a tryout some years back. I can't remember was it WWE or TNA. Is that true, or or are you talking about? I was uh, I was called to go get my head shaved by CM Punk. Really? And yeah, yeah. And 
at the time, I'd trail. It was like two days before they called me. Cut my hair into a mohawk. And, and they're like, hey, you want to you come get your head, you know, come get an extra. Come get your head shaved off. I was like, shoot, yeah. I'll, you know. And at the time, me and Anthony were a tag team. And Anthony oh. did it in Augusta. And I was going to go to Carolina and do it in Greenville, I want to say. And, uh, and at the time, we were going to go do it together. Like, shoot, we'll come out of this and we can use the, the we'll snap pictures and we'll do what we got to do. And, you know, we'll come out of this and be a straight society on the Indies and we'll go from there. Well, WWE called and, like, hey, we want to get your head shaved. I was like, also, sure. What kind of, what's your hair look like? So I, you know, Fill out the application, the form, uh, send them a picture of my hair. And they're like, we don't condone no hogs. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, you're just cutting it off. And I was like, yeah. I was like, man, that is the biggest load of crap that I've ever, like, it just sucked. It's like the life out of me. It, like, I didn't want to do nothing. I was so upset. And hey. I mean, I haven't, uh, I haven't tried, I guess, I mean, I wouldn't say that that like, killed me from trying, but I haven't tried really much since then to do it, to do anything. Uh, I mean, I've wrestled some names, you know, Xavier Woods and a couple of other people, Adam Page, he's in, like, all, he's in the Bullet Club now. Uh, I mean, I've wrestled, I've wrestled some people, but I've never, you know, I never pursued it. I... I always had to have a job. Uh, you know, I had kids, I had family I had to take care of. So instead of going to the gym and working out and traveling and wrestling, I was installing fireplaces or building walls or doing some kind of labor work to pay the bills because, you know, I wanted uh, I guess you could put family first or, you know, try. So, I mean, yes. Well, but it's a very mature thing to say, man. I, I, I totally understand. I had to put my family first. I mean, it was, it was killing me. You know, me and Cruiser kind of had animosity toward Jay. He kind of left our little group and went and did his own thing with some other people, but I got him in the door in the indie world. And I, I wasn't able to do it. Like I, I wasn't able to do it. Like I, I had a family to take care of, man. I worked seven days a week. You know, working working at a prison, working at a hospital, and then uh, doing National Guard. I was on a SWAT. I was on a special around SWAT team, and you know, I was always on call twenty four hours a day. It, it sucked. I, mean, I hated, you know, seeing everybody else around me. Man. If, if you understand my emotions of it all, dude, I, I said this story before. I mean, I was in combat. Okay, I was in a firefight. You know, I remember, you know, all the hell I was going through in Afghanistan and Iraq. I just remember telling the Lord, if I can just get through this, I promise you, I wanted to. I was going to fight. I was going to strive for my dream. You know, when I came back home, I was going to go for professional wrestling or MMA, you know, but the fact is that I've seen everybody else around me, you know, getting a taste of it. And I'm stuck working three jobs trying to put my wife and kids. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love my wife. I love my kids. But that, that, that burning desire, being the ring, being the best. And you always ask yourself, man, what might have been, you know? And I get to the point where I'm at right now, though, dude, but. Hey, let me ask you this question, though. Did you ever get a chance to wrestle the fireman? Yeah. I see some of his matches. I was always, you know, guys pretty cool. You know? I've had yeah, no, I wrestled with him. He was the one. He was Antoine Brewer is the, yeah. the fireman. I mean, he was, when I was talking about championship runs and things that I did, 
like an APW, me and him had like, I want to say a year long feud. And it was just, you know, every time we got in the ring, like it was just like, you know, peas and carrots, you know, peanut butter and jelly. Like it just, it just, and like he was a sponge. He would listen and learn and then apply. He did everything right that you could ever possibly do. And, you know, and he actually is one of my best friends. He is probably one of the only people I actually still talk to today outside of wrestling that I've, that I've met in wrestling. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. talk to Wiggins. I don't talk to Henry. I don't talk to either one of y'all on a regular, on a, even a semi-regular basis. I talk to Brewer twice, three times a week just to, you know, see how the dream's going. Because I, as, as a friend, I am so proud of that man. That man is yeah, yeah, he's his door. I mean, he, he's you know, they're like, we're not looking for wrestlers. They're like, well, what else can you do? And he's like, I can be a ref. And then that's what he did. And by God, he did it great. And wrestling him is probably, you know, one of my one of the things I look back on and enjoy. My wife loved to watch us wrestle just because of the facial expressions, the, the stories we told, the funniness that went on in our matches. Like we were just, you know, big old ham just getting at it, and it was it was fun. Uh, I haven't had that much fun since he quit. Like he had to go be a, a WWE official. I haven't had any. I haven't had fun wrestling in a long, long time. Yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's pretty tough stuff, man. But I'm kind of disappointed here about you and Wiggins, man. I don't like guys being really close friends. I mean, when uh, Timothy uh, Bradley called him about the IWE, I said, okay, I went there to see one we showed. I was just there, just, you know, just kind of watching. And I remember, that's the first time I saw you in, in a while. You and Wiggins came out at Dynasty, the tag team. You kind of had the Heart Foundation type on. And I, I man, man, you guys are pretty damn good at the tag team. And I thought I did the show that night. I was very, very impressed with better doing an IWE, man. But any, any, okay, any, any kind of stories you want to talk about Wiggins, you and him and Dynasty, or even competitors, or working with him? I mean, I had Wiggins on the show here a year ago. We had a long talk about everything. And But Wiggins, man, he uh, he had never a positive thing to say about you, bro. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, he had a lot of respect for you. Oh, I know. I mean, I, listen, I actually listened to that because I thought it was uh, interesting. We'll see what he had to, you know, see you know, yeah. on things. Uh Nah, man, me and Chris, like, we were always tight. Like, I mean, I introduced him to FCW. Like, like I said, you know, I was there when he had his hernia sewed up. I stayed the night at his house. You know, I kept, you know, I stayed the night at his house the night before, slept in the hospital floor. Like, I was, like, I was there. That man, you know, came to pick me up when uh, I found out that my girlfriend at the time was going to leave me and, uh, for a friend of mine, and you know, on Christmas Eve, I'm you know, crying in the in the bedroom drinking, and him and his mom and everybody came and picked me up, and I spent Christmas with him. Like Chris, literally, was the brother that I always wish I had. And I mean, when you're friends for ten plus years, you grow apart. Like everybody kind of grows apart at some point. Like me and Chris have been friends for for the longest time, and I mean, nothing. I don't think. Like I said, you know, nothing would change if, you know, I went to Augusta and, you know, like, hey, you're free. And he's like, yeah, we got up, hung out. No, I don't think anything would ever actually change. We would sit around and talk like we do and tell stories and, you know, reminisce on this and that. And, you know, 
And that's how we go. We talk about, I mean, we have new stuff we talk about now. Kids, you know, lies of father stuff. I mean, it's good stuff. But, I mean, we just don't talk anymore. Like, he's busy, I'm busy, and, you know, I guess that's yeah, where we... And life happens, you know, it sucks. You know, I know, I, I know exactly what you're going through. Like I said, man, I, you know, me and Chris and Jay, you always stood by each other no matter what. Although Jay kind of did his little thing, but I'll say this though about Jay, though, when Rebecca walked out and left me, and dude, I, I was going to break, I was going to break a suicide. You guys that know I'm uh, I thought that was a suicide, but you know, Jay and Chris are really different than all dark period of time, so I definitely understand that, though. But hey, let me ask you this question about Wiggins and everything. What's your thought of him? You know, he was telling me, if I remember correctly, that he was back with giving some issues. He didn't think he had the physical part of professional wrestling, but he still has passion for the business, so he went touring as a referee, you know, reference. You know, some guys on the show are actually kind of said some pretty jacked up stuff about that, and I kind of defended him toward that, though, but I'm kind of curious what's your opinion about Wiggins, you know, still pursuing wrestling as a referee. Uh, he's always wanted to be a referee or a ring announcer. He never actually wanted to be a wrestler. You know, Dick is coming the same thing. I do remember that now. That's kind of a surprise. Uh, he, he never wanted to be a wrestler. Uh, they talked him into being, starting to be a wrestler. Instead of being a ref or anything like that, like Chris always wanted to be a ref. Like he either wanted to be a ref or a ring announcer. He just has that voice, and I mean, and then he can cut a good promo. I mean, if you can cut a good promo, you can make anybody a good wrestler. And I mean, that's what that's what it started. Like Chris got it. Chris the same way I did. Like we could watch it. We didn't have to go training. We didn't have to do nothing. We could watch it and do it. And I mean, I'm all up for him making it too. I mean, Jesus. I mean, if I don't, I mean. I love my friends making it. Like Anthony's making it, Byron's making it, Kenley's traveling, making it. Like I mean, I'd love nothing more for Chris to make. It. I mean, it's just what it. That's just what you know. Eight down friends are supposed to supposed to do. Like you know, you're supposed to want your friends to be good because I mean, at least somebody is. Because I mean, I'm not putting forth the effort to even try to to do anything, and they are. So I'm very, you know, I think he's just fine doing it. Uh, I've had him ref a couple of my matches when he was first starting, and he'd come up to APW and ref. Uh, but, like, I get Wiggins for, you know, he, I mean, he gets it. He knows, and, I mean, he knows the shit. I mean, you're yeah, he a wrestler for so long that he can transfer what he knows and how to, you know, help tell the story by being a ref. I mean, the ref is just an important piece of the, the puzzle is uh, the, the guys in the ring. Um, you mentioned Ken Lee. Now I don't know nothing about Ken Lee. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shoot on the guy. I've heard some of his negative comments. He's talked about uh Don Brown and Jay Gargantis Ocean because when AWF finally closed his door for personal reasons at the time, uh, Don started. I first heard the name UCW United Championship Wrestling and they're wrestling at Belvedere Baptist Church. You know these guys are putting their fires up. And Ken Lee would take their flyers and put on line and just throw the crap out. It's totally disrespected, you know, saying that all these guys are doing is killing and wrestling in the CSRA. And I just don't understand that, though. I mean, these guys are trying to live the dream and pursue it, you know. Why are there so many haters out there, you know? And give the guys, give, give the guys a break. They're just trying something, you know. 
Why hate on it? Ken has always been um, a stir of the pot. Like he just he doesn't care. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. he he's always just voices his thoughts and opinions, whether anybody liked it or not. And I mean, some of his opinions I thoroughly agree with, and there's maybe a few that I haven't agree with. But for the most part, like, you know, I mean, it was, I guess you say you go, like, for instance, you got, let's say, Flatline. Yeah, Flatline. Yeah. But now these, you know, you've seen the flyers that we used to put out, like the immaculate looking flyers, like these great, like, great flyers. Dickens made some of them, like, I mean, like, our flyers were legit. Like, they got your attention. And then out of nowhere, you have this other company trying to run in the same area, and it's a blue background with some bad, you know, some bad cutouts of people pasted on them. I mean, and it's with all the guys that didn't want to evolve or didn't want to learn the way Flatline was trying to teach me. I mean, it kind of, like, it just looks like, you know, you know, the, the, the knockoff brand. You know what I mean? Like the guys who couldn't hack it. Well, we'll go start our own promotion. And I mean, that's just looking from the outside in, you know? I mean, that's yeah. just looking from yeah. the outside, dude. I guess I can understand that. I guess I know everybody's got opinions. I mean, uh, I kind of think I was probably getting more upset about it than uh, they were. I mean, Jay and Don were like, we can get two shits when anyone says it's not going to stop us from doing what we want to do. And they're going to, you know, fight through all the negatives and then keep on doing it. And then they, uh, they got another year lease. I put it by the church for 2018. So they're good for at least another year. I mean, they trying. I mean, it's nowhere near, uh, as big as Flatline. You know, a guy that's Patriots Park. But, you know, the goal is to, them to try to get there. I only been maybe three or four years so I started doing uh, commentary there. And like I said, I'm trying to get back into the business. I left on bad terms and kind of, I kind of, I don't want to say it rang my mouth, but I, was, I, I got so disgusted with the business, so disgusted with everything about it, dude. I just had to take myself out of it completely. And it went to, actually, when my, I think it was last year, 2016, Chris, Christopher actually got me wanting to do the shootout. You know, I mentioned about maybe doing a podcast, but I went to those shirts and when they, I'm throwing station and grill, and Chris started filming, hey, man, let's just try it, see if you like it or not. And I said, okay, you know, and me getting back into business, I started doing podcasts, man. I think you're like my 32nd episode, you know, and I'm, I've got a lot of good feedback from people, and uh, a lot of people hit, hit, hit me and Chris up wanting to be on the show, so I guess me doing a podcast right now is probably the best I'm getting right now, but I don't know. I'm kind of open, you know, things will heal up. I get back in the ring, start training again in January. I see what happens, man. I, ain't, I know I ain't going to try to make it to the WWE, but if anything, just, you know, try to get a little bit of respect back that I lost in 2012. Cause like I said, I blacked out on somebody. I hurt the kid really bad, and, you know, it's one of the things I got, I got to live with. Oh, fuck that. I deserve to be this fucking ass. He was fucking my wife. There, I said it. Anyways, <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> What? I don't know if you know the guy, man. Oakley Snipes, man. I my, you know, he, 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 I brought him into the damn business and everything, man. And you know, me and my, my did wife. Face, did he say Snipes? Snipes, yeah. He's got a potential to everybody. Banging pastels all lady too. Like, what is that? Yeah, How are we yeah. people. I don't understand it. Everybody's trying to try to. Oh, come on, man. He's your boy. He was freaking dead. And 
Well, then he started messing with he tried messing with Shauna. Hell, tried to hit on Jay's wife. Then he got past this woman, and you know, motherfucker. Well, look, man. let me tell you something. Sure. The ones you think wouldn't do it that are your good, good friends are the ones that'll do it first. Oh yeah, I, I learned it hard way. You know, when it, when it finally came out and everything, everybody pulled snipes out of the freaking ring, and I, I'm fighting everybody. I mean, people were holding me down. I was, I was trying to kill. Them. I was, I was taking my hands off. And Andy Taylor would actually want to kind of slap me out of it, you know. Taylor was there. So I kind of always appreciate him, uh, you know, you know, trying to bring my calmness down by trying to talk to me, man. But everything then, nobody did not want to get in the ring with me after that, you know. So that was probably the last time I was wrestling. But anyways, anyways. Dude, we got to wrap this show up and everything, man. It's going on two and a half hours, looks like. Um, He's got to talk about his uh... – APW run with uh, Duncan Enterprises because he hadn't even got mentioned about that yet, and that was like a highlight for APW. Okay, well, well I, mean, I don't say y'all, but we can we can do this again another time. I mean, it is what it is. If y'all got to go, you got work to do. I understand that. I got like probably twenty more minutes in the car, and then uh, sorry, it hasn't been as, as eventful as. You know, some of them, like, I'm not a bitter person anymore. If you'd have called me a few years ago, I'd have been all up in shit talking. Oh, no, dude, dude, it's been a good show. You know, you know it always got to be about bullshit, and if people talk to shit, me. yeah, a lot of good feedback and everything, man. I think it's been a great show. No, I ain't, I, like I said, I'm not about trying to, hey, let's get all the turd out there, but, you know, I know that shit sells, but I tell people all the time on the show, man, hey, anything you want to get off the chest, anything you want to shoot on, anything you want to talk about, or you want to talk about anything, anything. You know, you don't, it don't matter what we talk about, man. It's just us. It's just us getting together, hanging out, and reminiscing some good times. Good times, bad times. But now, like I said, you know, we're all a little older, mature, married with kids. And, you know, it's just kind of reflecting our career, man. You know, and Brandon, you've had a good career, man. you got nothing to be ashamed of, dude. You've, you've, you know, you've done a lot in this business, man. I mean, I said before on one show when we were talking about you, you know, I said from a kid who I met was 16 years old, he was crying. In the backyard over a woman really turned out to be one of the biggest, one of the biggest, one of the best wrestlers that ever came out of Grovetown, Harlem, Georgia. You know, especially, you know, you talked about the Ricky Ding AWF at the time, you know, where you, you know, got, got started and look how far you left and evolved into the business, man. I mean, I can see why Chris always said you were his greatest success, success story. You know, I mean, I, I'm very proud of you, man. You, <laughs> You've done things from guys can't never say they do. And you overcome an awful lot and you didn't have to be prison like some people I know. You know, that's the third day that we ever in the jail cell right now, man. You've done good, man. I, I just want you to know I'm proud of you. You know. <laughs> but you know, I mean, back to the whole crying over a woman thing, women are the devil. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Devilish women. I called her the devil back then too. I ain't gonna mention the bitch's name, but I just how I thought about it, you know. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, man, if you want to come back on the show, we could do a part two of you. You know, we'll talk about the enterprise of APW. Any other matches we'll talk about in your indie career, we'll go more in depth on all things, you know. Um, I mean, hell, I'm trying to I'm trying to get Christopher set up on TNB to put uh, some of AWF and SCW in there. We got 
man, all right, guys, we probably had 3,000 matches recorded online. I told Christopher, what I'm going to do next year in the shootout, though, like if I didn't get a match either with, with you and Anthony Henry and you do live, I tell everybody at the same time, I go to this website, I go to this page, hit play this video, and hear live commentary, and we're going to watch a freaking match and, you know, do some live commentary, man. I would love you to be part of that, too. Yeah. If you can find them, there's a there's a tables match between me and Anthony Henry that is. Trust me, good doctor Crystal found it. Good doctor Crystal found it. All right, I've already watched yeah. that match. It's online. I know exactly where to go to get it. There you <laughs> go. That and uh, yeah. me and Heck having a street fight. I was there for that one. I'm about to say this sounds familiar. That's the Are one where they did the promo where uh, Hex ended up throwing the chair in the damn ring and hit uh, Shane, <laughs> um, Jeff the ref oh, in the yeah. head. The Jeff the ref, that was, that was his last ref in Kurt. That was his last ref in day. I heard about that. I don't remember that. It's on the first episode of Crazy. There's not very many times that I break character or I, lose, I forget where I'm at, but when Hex threw that chair, it hit Jeff the ref in the freaking head. And I looked down, I was like, shit, he's dead. And I just kind of stared at him. I was like, wait a second, I'm in the ring. I got to do something. He got up on the rope and just That's stared like, at Hex. I didn't know what to do. I was lost. For, for the first time in like forever, I was just like, I don't know what to do. I remember I that. I was sitting up. It was my first night working with Flatline because I was starting to do the episodes of The Pulse, and y'all were setting that up. That whole thing was getting set up, and me and Wiggins and um, Kitchens were sitting upstairs. <laughs> Daniel was on uh, the production table, <laughs> and we're looking down, and Hex is down there surrounded by referees, and you're in the ring, and we see the chair flying, and we hear, conk, boom, and we're like, oh, shit. He just killed Jeff the ref. <laughs> Daniel's wow. like, Daniel, uh, Daniel and Kitchens get up and like, we're about to be sued. <laughs> Downstairs. And like everybody ended up in a closed room. It was uh, Daniel, Wiggins, Kitchens, Jeff the ref, his wife, and they were all talking and everything and. I remember to come back out like we got to make sure he's okay, but I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that was funny as crap. Like I lost all bit of like my composure. I don't know what to do. I was just like, damn, good. Oh, I think he's dead. I'm like shit, it could have been you or me. He's dead. All right, what I got to do now? I'm gonna stare at this guy. <laughs> just stare at him till the segment's over. Get to the back <laughs> and just like wait till uh, Jeff comes to no. the curtain. You know, I, I'm remembering something now. Didn't that happen to me? Parker, you were there when Christopher was what one and only show he did in, uh, in Harlem with DCW. I can't like, referee. Tweed was in the ring. I don't know who Tweed was facing. Might have been somebody. <laughs> I remember Tweed that. Had a nice stick. Threw it to a nice stick. And I'm refereeing it. Hit me a chip of my head. Boom. I fell. I was knocked unconscious. It hit me a chip of my head. Boom. I was unconscious. And I woke up. Everybody standing around me. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, I remember that. 2005. I'm I remember it. But... I don't know if Parker hey, man, remembers it. Uh, let's get ready. Parker was there. 
he was there, but he might not remember that. The only thing he probably remembers is me ripping up his shirt to make belts. Oh uh, yeah, I'm really always cutting a piece of that fish. <laughs> See, I knew it right before it over, right before this show would go over. I knew he'd probably end up say something like that. Wow, succeeded. Wow. Damn, I did. Oh. I remember. I remember the nice t-shirt. My Undertaker t-shirt. Well, guys, let's get a wrap this show up in there. It's almost like at midnight, but hey, hey, dude, know me how I end these shows sometimes? I'm going to miss some wrestlers' names. You tell me your first thoughts about them, okay, bro? All right. You ready? All right. Mask Fury. The man didn't wear a mask. Go ahead. Uh, who? Matt, you said Mask Fury? Yeah, or Christian Fury, if you prefer to call to nowadays. That reminds me. I want to bring this up. I just, I just have to think about this bullshit. Okay. He was coming to the ring. Supposedly, he was given the nickname the Black Rose, the Black Rose Christian Fury. And I think you were doing live commentary, as the story was told to me. And you were like, where's your damn Black Rose at? You know, you're, you're the Black Rose Christian Fury. And supposedly, he got in your face and said, I am the Black Rose Christian Fury. And you laughed your butt off or something like that. And he always had some fishing. Is that any truth to that story? Probably. That makes sense. I don't remember, man. I, I, just, I just had to remember. It was a couple of years ago. When he was first yeah. doing the name the Black Rose. Oh. I probably did make fun of him. I mean, uh, first words that come to uh, thinking of Christian Fury. Backyard. <clears throat> Damn. I love it. I love it. Well, what about Chains? Chains is the same guy, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh promoter wide. What do you think of Daniel E. Mays? Who claims he monopolized professional wrestling to see us already? Uh love him. He's just immaculate. He was great. Awesome, awesome. The American Nightmare Six. Devil's rejects. There you go. <laughs> okay, um, <clears throat> Professor David Gill. Better talker. Better talker, damn straight. I love you, damn debate. What about James Houston? Too much ECW. All right. I didn't get a chance to bring this guy up, man. I'm looking over my damn nose. I just realized I'm definitely going to bring you back for a part two, but I'm missing his name right now. First, I think he's a piece of shit. Del Sherl. Who? Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly. Jeremy Cruz. Jeremy Cruz. I thought you said Del Sherl. He did say yeah, Del Sherl. Del Sherl. Agent Josiah, as some people might remember that. Uh, Narc. Punk ass bitch. Yeah, I'm sure you would. I like two better. <laughs> hey, we call that little peace quick. Everybody loves beating up back in the day. You know, this guy got, he, he, is a, he, he is the only guy I know that's got a burst mark on his stomach on his ass down to his leg. What yeah, the damn man? 
Christopher Dick is dead. Well, uh, what I feel about Christopher Diggin? Um, yeah, yeah. He all fired to the end, the main event. The man who put Brandon Parker in his place. The man who who's a legend. The craziest thing this man ever did in wrestling was put Parker over. Yeah, you, you're talking this guy. Purple dinosaur. <laughs> oh. oh, I love you for that. That coming from the penguin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know what you know him better at, JC, the Georgia boy, Kronos, or Justin Chambers, or Justin Freewell, but we're talking about CJ Wynn, man. What's your thoughts on him, dude? Mm. Take himself too seriously. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Um, got a couple more here I want to do. And I'll go ahead and throw a name back in here again. You get some pretty cool things to say about What do you think about uh, Anthony Henry? Anthony Henry? Yeah. Your uh, final thought. Anthony Henry. How do I convince Friday, buddy. Uh, he was okay. cool. one of those. Always there to make teacher. Like he taught me a lot. I've known this guy for a little bit, had a few conversations. I thought he was pretty good. He, he was a gimmick I thought I never would have get over, but he did actually. Uh, Consequences Creed. Consequences? You mean uh, Austin Creed or yeah. Xavier Woods? Xavier yeah, Xavier Woods. Woods. When, I first, when I first met him, he was Consequences Creed. That's how I saw him referring to When I first met the guy, that he was wrestling under. That's, that's when I, I wrestled him as uh, Consequences Creed also. Uh, okay, cool. He's just pro, and you do a little hyphen mark in page. That's the uh, first thing I think of when we talk about Austin. Talk about your favorite woods. Yeah, funny story how I met him. You know, I actually was I actually sat next to his girlfriend. I might have been his wife, I couldn't remember. I just started talking to her the whole freaking time. I said, they, hell yeah, she's pretty freaking fine. I'm going to try her. And then I showed her and said, hey, you know, she's this guy. You know, it was, it was crazy. I said, oh, my God. I was sitting on this girl. I had no idea. <laughs> Me, I was with uh, Tim Gadner at the time. I don't know if you remember who Tim was or not. Uh, um, hey, what about um, Night Stalker? Is that Don? That's Don, yes. I'm sorry. Nice uh-huh. talker, Michael Saint, but you know, it's Don Don Brown. Uh, I don't really have anything to say. Okay, okay, that's cool. Ouch. Let's see. Um, I just forgot the other person's name I wanted to make it. What about Walker? Jesse Walker. Bland. Oh, okay. Mm. I'm feeling better about Purple Dinosaur now. (laughs) All right. All right, one last question, man. Uh, uh, The two gimmicks I've always... I think you wrestled with the name, was it the the Center St. Brandon Parker or Draven? What, what, What gimmick did you love the most? 
You know, being Parker or being King of the Extreme, Draven? Uh, but equally, uh, I tell them uh, they're, like, equal because uh, they're different times of my life. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Draven, yeah, when I was Draven, like, it was the dark side, like, of me, like, the hate, the, the depression, the anger, like, all that was that part of me, and the Sin City Saint was the coming in party of the no longer angry, the no longer hateful, the unloving a-hole, you know? I don't. I don't like one more than the other. Uh, I like them both equally, but there's always a time and place for whichever one is necessary. Okay, man. I appreciate this, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for being on the show. It's been an honor to have him, William Parker, on our show. Like I said, multi-time heavyweight champion, been a big name in this sport. This has definitely been an inspirational story and a very, very humble person. It's real seven. I'm a boy. And uh, like, like I was saying, guys, I apologize for being here at work. But that being said, um, Brandon, I appreciate you being on the show, man. Hey, it's been good catching up with you, man. I've always admired you at work and hope you keep stuck in the show doing it again. That being said, I'm Survivor of Pain, along with my co-host, Christopher Dickens. This is Brandon Parker. This has been a wrestling shootout. And I'll get a chance to see you guys again. Y'all have a Merry Christmas. Peace out. You too, man. Now make sure you find out who put that key in that damn door. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm going to put me in a uh, podium box. <laughs>